this morning. I want you to turn with me first to Matthew chapter five. Matthew chapter five. Just to make a statement there really. Before we move into the message that the Lord will have us share together this morning. From verse 13 to 16, and I read, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing, but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket or bushel, but on a lampstand that it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Amen. That statement alone, that we are salt and we are light to the world, immediately tells us something that we are to be agents of transformation or change agents. in this world. It must never be said of any one of us that we are in a community or in an environment or in a society where we have made no impact that will be to the glory of God. We are a people destined and constituted by God to bring change to our environment. The milieu where he has situated us, he has planted us, that is the environment where he has put us. We are to bring influence of God that is divine to transform our world. With the ultimate goal of God being glorified by all men. Hallelujah. I want us to see ourselves that way because that is the way God has seen us. And I'm trusting God that as we go on, we'll continue to appreciate this more and more 
in the various teachings that will be coming to us. But have that at the back of your mind, that I am where I am, I'm alive today to be an agent of change or transformation. As believers, we have to work with that mentality. We have to work with that consciousness. Now, let me not pass through a place. Let me not be in an environment without positively influencing that environment for God. Hallelujah. And one of the instruments that the Lord has committed to us for achieving this is the preaching of the gospel. Hallelujah. The gospel is God's instrument for changing not just individual lives, but also communities. Amen. Amen. We have talked about the power of the gospel to change individuals, to transform individuals. But the job is not yet complete until there is an influence, an impact on the society. The work is not yet done. It's not yet finished or completed until the influence begins to be felt in the community. Turn with me now to Acts chapter one. Acts chapter one. In Acts chapter one, in Acts chapter one, starting from verse six, the, the disciples having a conversation with the Lord Jesus Christ shortly before he ascended to heaven. It's a passage we all know. Ask the question. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority, 
But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, your immediate location and vicinity, and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Essentially, what the Lord Jesus was trying to tell them is this, if you want to see the impact, the influence of the kingdom, you are going to be the agents for that, under the empowerment or endowment of the Holy Spirit. If you want to see the kingdom of God where there is righteousness, where there is peace, and where there is joy, according to Romans chapter 14, verse 17, then you have to be part of that. And the Lord will not send a people to bring influence that he has not empowered them for. So, in essence, he was trying to say, I've equipped you, I will equip you rather here, I will equip you to bring the change that is required on the earth. The matter of being a witness, we'll discuss that some other time. But today, I just want us to see what God has done for us in packaging our lives as believers to be agents of transformation to our communities. And the focus of the, of the message today is transforming or changing communities with the gospel transforming communities with the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me quickly add this to it for the good of all. For the good of all. If our world, you can testify to that. If our world is to go in different places, even in the best of places, to go in the direction that we are heading now, then you know that very soon, both the rich and the poor will feel the influence of evil that is engulfing societies all over the world. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Even in the best of communities and societies, name that country where you can see a trend of evil that if something is not done to change it, it will soon engulf everyone. And that is the truth about it. 
Am I lying in this? Sometimes some people will think it will never touch us, but it's a question of time. It will get there. If evil cannot be pushed back, we will soon see the influence of it on every life, every home. There will be no hiding place from the trend of it. And so you will need agents that will preserve our world from decadence. You will need agents that will dispel the darkness looming to envelope societies. And this is the place of the gospel. Hallelujah. The gospel empowers us under the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be able to resist evil, push back darkness, dispel darkness for the good of everyone. We can close our eyes to certain trends, but it's a question of time. It will soon start to touch us. I know a part of the world, I don't want to mention the place now. We have certain things, acts of violence and aggression were going on in some parts. And others who were far from me thought it would not come to them. But gradually, evil unresisted, evil movement unresisted, unchecked, will spread. And today, those who thought they were far away from it, they are feeling the impact so badly. And that is the way it is in every society. But we have an instrument in our hand. to bring a change. Amen. If this is all I can say this morning, I'm sure that is, it is loaded, isn't it? Mm. But let's look at how the gospel is used in this sense. And if you are looking at uh, Matthew 24, verse 14, Matthew 24, verse 14, does someone want to read that for me? Where, the, where Jesus was saying, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. What he's saying is more than the kind of way some of us understand evangelism to be today. I'm not despising what we are doing. I'm simply saying it's more than that. He was talking about bringing an influence that everyone can see 
in every community, in every nooks and crannies of our society. That's what he was trying to say. When he says, as a witness to all the nations, nations there means, you know, uh, people groups. As a witness, something they can see, they can feel, they can touch. Hallelujah. So this morning, we want to use, uh, I thought I could use three examples, but it's looking like I may not be able to use more than one of how the gospel transforms communities. I may make reference to a few others, but let's see how we start from Acts chapter 8. Let's go to Acts chapter 8. And I want us to be taking note of some of the things God will be telling us quickly this morning. In Acts chapter 8, following what Jesus had said, in chapter 1 of Acts, and what he did to the disciples, in chapter 2, by the outpouring of his spirit, then that leads us to the rest of the chapters. Chapter 8 now. You remember the persecution that broke out in Jerusalem. And then the disciples, they had to be scattered. You remember that? The first thing I want us to even note in that, before we read the passage we are going to read, is this. The gospel is not meant it's not meant to just be concentrated within a small group of people or within to be contained within the four walls of our church buildings. That was the lesson the disciples needed to learn. What we have is something that is relevant, like we were saying last week, to every segment of our society, to every facet of life and human endeavors. We must know that. It's not just some nice, happy, clappy singing within the four walls of a building. No, it is something relevant to every aspect of society. We meet together like this, so that our hearts can be charged and prepared to be the change agent God wants us to be right there. Hallelujah. Right there. And that's why the matter of integration into the communities, into the society that we are in, is something all of us must explore. How do I integrate? Operating in isolation will isolate us. We must know how do I begin to be the salt? Because you know salt put on a table or in a bottle closed is useless to anybody. Or is it useful that way? It has to enter into a milieu where the flavor of it is needed. All of us must find a way of getting involved relating in the societies in which we are found. 
there must be a way into this. And it's something we all need to pray and, and seek. God, how do I do it? Not by compromising the truth, because that's what some people have done, and they now compromise the truth. No, the truth is your instrument for change. Are you following me? But the truth that is kept close to your own self has no influence on anyone. You must have a way of being in the world, even though we are not of the world. These are the wisdoms that God will need to teach us in our days. Those of us who don't know how to build relationships, except the people are from our own background and culture and things like that, we need to break from that. We must have a way. God must give us wisdom of integrating Hallelujah. And I'm not just talking to those who are immigrants alone. All of us, we have our own little, little societies within society. It may be a church society, church, a little church community. No, we have to break beyond that into relating with people who may not even share our own kind of views. It's a wisdom, it's a skill that God will need to give all of us. And we must continue to pray for it. Because our influence will not be felt by standing alone there and shouting to the rest of people. No, it doesn't work that way. Let's go now to what the disciples did when they were dispersed. From verse four, therefore those who were scattered went everywhere. Say everywhere. 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 For them, there were no no-go areas. Everywhere is everywhere. They went everywhere. 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 And I'm praying that God will open doors for us into everywhere. <laughs> Because the gospel is relevant to every, don't forget that statement God gave us last week, to everyone in the society and to every aspect of our society. You will soon see that. Let's go further. Preaching the word. So they took something with them. They didn't just go everywhere empty-handed. They went with the word. They took the instrument for change. The gospel is God's instrument for the change. Hallelujah. Amen. Preaching the word. They took the word with them. Take the word with you. Fill your heart with it. Because there will, be, there will come to a point where it will become relevant. Where people will look right, look left, and say, what do you say to this? Are we getting me? And then the light of the world can be brought into shine where people are confused and they don't know the direction to take. Illumination will come to defeat every 
evil ideologies, ideology rather. Let's go home. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. Hallelujah. To be, we, we must know, and this we will be looking at, like we have said, how to present the gospel. But when he went there, he presented Christ to them. He presented Christ to them. Preaching Christ, nothing more than that. Simple, but powerful. Not a theological position. Not a church doctrine. That's not what brings people to conversion or to salvation. That's not what changes people. When people come into Christ, they learn of Christ. But they must come in first. Amen. He preached Christ to them. And Paul talking in, uh, sorry, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, from, he said, look, I desire, when I came to you, bringing the word, I did not come with fanciful words. Because I wasn't seeking to know anything other than Christ and him crucified. Christ and him crucified. And the scripture tells us that's the power of God. This is the wisdom of God. No argument for simple truth declared. The relevance of Christ to every life, to every man, to every person was what he was presenting. Let's find where Christ is relevant to every man. And we explored that last week. We are not going back there. To every society. Then, without belaboring that, and the multitude with one accord, he did the thing spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles, which he did quickly. What is that saying? When we go, we must trust God for audience. We have to pray for it. Pray that people will listen. Pray that the heart of people will be open to what you are saying. And I'm not just talking about when we go out as a group, when you are in a place of God, I'm praying that even if it is one person who will hear the truth, let their heart be open, be receptive to this. And God will honor it. We must know that there is a tendency for people to be resistant to the truth. But we can pray and say, God, let the heart of someone be opened. Because my, that may be the person God will use as an agent of change to that environment. Hallelujah. Yeah. And we must also pray that the words that we speak, God himself, will confirm it with signs following. The scripture tells us in Mark 16, verse 20, that as they went and they preached the word, the Lord himself was going with them, confirming their word with signs following. 
It should be part of what we want to see. Let's ask that whatever we say will be impactful, that it will have impact, it will have relevance in people's life, in that aspect of their life where the gospel is more, most relevant to them. Hallelujah. Hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. If it is in the area of health, pray that God will do something to heal the sick. If they are troubled soul, pray that God will do something through the word we are speaking to bring peace into their hearts. Are you following me? Whatever the need is, just pray and say, Lord, do something. And just make yourself known to people in the way they can recognize and appreciate your love. That's a sense of what we are talking about. Miracle is not just for show. It is to meet people's need. A miracle that is not meant for people's need is of little value, isn't it? Because people want to relate to it. People want to say, yes. When I heard that word, this happened in my life. My troubled soul received peace. Are you following me? The things I struggled with. I could not explain how they left me. That child that has been giving me trouble, suddenly something happened to him. And he became obedient. I hope, I hope you've, seen, you've seen many people who have given such a testimony. That I never knew that can happen. Some people just prayed with me. And I can't believe the change I saw in my son or in my daughter. Are you following the point I'm making? God is in the business of confirming things. You know the disciples, they prayed for that. I can't go into that today. Or shall I go into it? I can't. Okay, just turn with me to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. This was where they, was, where they were experiencing resistance to the gospel. And they prayed. They prayed very strategic prayers. And what were they saying? As they were facing the opposition, then go down to verse 28 of chapter 4 of Acts. Okay. Um, no, verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servant that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. 
And when they had played, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Then you saw what happened. Multitudes were touched by the word because they needed it. In the different professions where we find ourselves, there's a reason why you are there. Just pray and say, God, let my life make a difference in what I'm doing. Are you following me? And give me the courage, the boldness, when the opportunity presents itself. Are you following me? To share the good news with people. When the opportunity presents itself. If we look at opportunities, they will come. You don't need to force it. Are you following me? Because your life is already a message to them. I'm sure very soon you will hear a message about we are the epistle of Christ. I'm trusting the Lord that we, God will help us to know how to transform, how to change communities in Jesus' name. Shall we go further back to that passage where we were? Because there's still something I'm going, God will want us to reach before we close this morning. Like I said, we may not take more than justice, but let's see. Look at verse 7. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. Let me quickly simplify this for us. Every behavior you see is controlled by some spirits. Hallelujah. The word possessed there, you can change it to control. Those who are controlled by certain spirits. Let me tell you certain spirits that you can readily come across. At least you think we are looking for some very strange, strange things. Do you know that there are people who are controlled? Let me use that word because that will be easy for people to understand. Who are controlled by spirit of aggression and violence in, in communities? They just like it. They revel in it. Are you getting me? It's a spirit controlling it. Until people are liberated from the control of that, you may say it's an ideology, it's a this and that, it's a spirit. That's the way, spiritually, that's the way we view it is, it is to be seen. There are people who are controlled by spirit of hatred. They just don't know, they are just powerless about it. They just have to hate. Where there's no reason for it. And it manifests itself in different ways. To them, issue of equality is not is is nothing to be to be to be seen or heard or tolerated. Are you following me? I'm breaking it down for us to see. 
It's the spirit. Some people are controlled by spirit of immorality. And there's no extent they will not go to perpetrate their immoral acts. It may be a spirit of criminality. It's not, it doesn't yield to punishment by anything. Are you getting me? Because it, there's a spirit behind it. And the scripture tells us that in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, about the spirit that oppressed in the children of disobedience or rebellion. There are people, they, there's a spirit that says, don't tolerate authority. Don't tolerate law. Are you getting me? Anything that is authority, that is law, they must go against it. It's a spirit. Don't carry it too far. And wherever you find any of these, they are what we call vices in the society. And no one will have peace. Does it not surprise you how some people will wake up in the morning and all they are looking for is trouble, keep knife in their pockets, looking for who's to stab before they sleep in the evening? Is that normal? And any group that will encourage them in that act, is that, that's what they will love. Not the one that will turn them against that. That, that is where the gospel comes in. Are you following me? Sometimes it comes with a religious toga. Oh, may God help us to understand where the gospel of peace comes in in every society in Jesus' name. But until those people are changed by the power of the gospel, do you know that community cannot, communities cannot have rest? Does it not surprise you that somebody will, will pick a gun and all they are looking for is to go to a shop and a mall and shoot? That's a spirit. Call it anything you want to call it. But the gospel, the, the good thing about this, why I'm, I'm so interested in this, is because the gospel has the power to change people like that. Amen. I hope you remember Paul. In his, in his, in his uh, misguided zeal about religion, he was persecuting the church and killing people. He enjoyed it. But the gospel changed him. And if the gospel can change a man like that, who can the gospel not change? Just imagine. Are you following me? One moment of transformation in his life. Himself, he called himself the chief of sinners. If the chief of sinners can be changed. And he said the reason why God allowed that to happen to him. So that God can show his long suffering towards every other person. I don't write anyone off. Because I know there's something behind it. But if the gospel can get to them, the same people we are talking about now can become a change agent in their own communities and societies. That is the place of the gospel of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Our communities, we have peace. I've given you examples before of, 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 of higher institution campuses that were taken over by gangs. But when God began to change the heart of their key leaders by the gospel of Christ, peace returned. Are you following me? 
we are holding back a power that has that can change the lives of people when we hold the truth of the gospel from people. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at what happened. And this is what we will always say, of course. You can then talk about other, other miracles, other spirits. But I'm simply telling you that it's not, it's not, you know, these spirits we are talking about, it's not just those who you think are possessed by the spirit, by, by certain spirit that are. There are spirits working in the heart of everyone, whether for good or for evil. But the gospel has a place of changing such, casting out those. Hallelujah. The gospel by itself can tempt the most violent and change them. That's the gospel we have. Look at it. And there was great joy in the city. Great joy in the city. What brought great joy? The gospel. That tells me that the joy of the community was hindered, was limited. All along. But when the gospel came in, there was great joy in the city. And that became the fulfillment of the very purpose why Christ was born, isn't it? As we understood it from Luke chapter 2. I hope you know why Jesus was born. It was not just for Christmas celebration. He was born for this purpose in Luke chapter 2 from verse 20, um, from verse 10 rather. It says, then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Is it to some people? No, to all people, to all communities, to all society. Great joy. It's not just something we read on Christmas when we celebrate Christmas. It should be Christmas every day. Great joy. And look at what happened in verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host pressing God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to us men. Can you see that? Joy and peace brought by the gospel. And that's what we are seeing in Samaria. And as I close, I can't go beyond this today, but as I close, look at, look at this from verse 9. And there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, this man is the great power of God. And he did him because he had astonished them or bewitched them with his sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip 
and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs that were done. This is where I'm going to stop. Brothers and sisters, the only way to dispel lies is by bringing in the truth of the gospel. Are you following me? Many people are enslaved under lies. There are many charlatans out there that people have believed and they are deceiving them, leading them in a path that leads to nowhere than destruction. Are you following me? Only the gospel has the power to change that. Do you want to defeat lies and break the stronghold of wrong indoctrination over lives, over people? Are you following me? Deliver people from wrong movement and enslavement the gospel of Christ Jesus. The gospel which brings salvation, peace, joy, and leads in the path of life and righteousness is the key to doing it. Here, even the man himself was changed. The man himself. Well, I think something still happened to him later. But at least here, he surrendered. There's no power ruling over a community, over lives, over people. It may be power of sorcery. It may be witchcrafting. Whatever it may be called. I don't care what it is called. Are you following me? The proclamation of the gospel can bring liberation, can bring deliverance, not just to the, deceive, to the deceived, but also to the deceivers. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what we are saying here. The gospel doesn't write anyone off. Are you getting me? until people hardened their hearts to it. Or let me use another word, except people hardened their hearts to it. Because it has the power to change every heart that is open to it. And I'm praying that the Lord will give us opportunities and rooms in our different corners, different little places, as we interact with families, with people out there in the community, opportunities to bring this life changing community transforming gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. The gospel has entered into homes and everything changed drastically to the glory of God. We must be one of those people of whom it was said. You remember what was said of Paul, of Silas, and... Uh, <laughs> Of the disciples, essentially, verse Acts 17, and I stop here. But when they did not find them, they, they dragged Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these, talking about these men, who have turned the world upside down, have come here to us. That's the power of the gospel, to change things, to the other community, to the other societies in a way that will give glory to God and be for the good of humanity around in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. We have a strong power in our hand that God has given us to resist darkness, dispel it, to turn back evil, that people may live in righteousness, in peace, and in joy. Bow down your heads as we pray. Mm -hmm.